Moon Pig. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Moon Pig Tech Podcast. I'm Ariella and I'm joined by my co-host Richard and today we'll be talking about the exciting subject of AI coding assistance. Here to discuss the topic with us is Senior Software Engineer at Moonpig, Jake Smith. In this episode, Jake will be giving us some insights into what the new world of coding looks like using an AI assistant, along with giving us some tips on how to make the most out of using these tools. So before we go any further, Jake, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Do you mind telling us a bit about yourself and what you do at Moonpig? Thanks, Ariella. Yep. Uh, So I'm a senior software engineer uh, at Moonpig on the infrastructure enablement team. Um, And I've actually been using GitHub Copilot quite a bit during my day-to-day work. Um, And I can go into a bit of detail about what GitHub Copilot is for uh, our listeners that don't know. Let's start. What is it? So GitHub Copilot is like having an experienced pair programmer at your fingertips. So imagine that you're working on a piece of code and you're unsure how to proceed. Um, GitHub Copilot will step in for you and it will generate the necessary snippets of code to get you to the the next um, passing test or fix that little bug that you've been working on. So that's the great thing about Copilot. Sounds like a dream come true, right? Uh, particularly for, uh, you know, someone like me who uh, I spend ages looking on Stack Overflow trying to figure things out anyway. Um, What cool features has it got? Um, So the coolest feature that I use day to day is when you're just typing the code out uh, and you're thinking what the code should look like in your brain, half of the time GitHub Copilot will just step in and just in a grayed out sort of text will suggest auto suggest um, what should come next. And that that's like the best feature. And then you can literally press tab on your keyboard and it it writes the code for you. Okay. So, so this is built into your development environment somewhere then presumably. Yes. Um, So the most popular IDE that a lot of devs at Moonpig use as far as I know, is VS Code, and it's a, a VS Code extension. And it's also available on Visual Studio, uh, Rider, and Vim. Just to go back to your point on the autocomplete, one thing I really like about it is it gives you different options on what kind of answer it will give you. So I think it gives you three different options that you can tab through. Um, normally, I'm quite picky, and I will always look through them all. But yeah, that's something that I didn't realize was a cool feature I thought I would just give you one option so Jake is there any other cool features about Copilot that you like another cool feature that I really like is the fact that you can literally write a comment about what you what the code you want to write should look like Uh, for example let's say I wanted the number of days since the year 1980 you can write that in a comment hit enter and it will suggest a function that will give you the number of days since 1980, which is a really cool feature. Beforehand, you would have had to got a pen and paper out and try to work out some maths on how to count the, the number of days since 1980. But the fact that it just does that straight away for you, it saves like a massive amount of time. 
or if you're me, you would have gone to Stack Overflow, search for how do I work out how many days there are since 1980 and copied and pasted that in. After after understanding it first, of course. Um, that sounds really cool. So you can literally just say, write me this piece of code with a comment and, and it's going to generate it for you. Yes. How does it, um, or does it, uh, understand your style? And how, how does it infer how to how how that code should work and, and behave? Right. So the, the way it infers the style is based on like decades of GitHub repos that it's scraped from GitHub and trained into its model. But another cool thing is that the the repo that you're working on in your IDE, it will scan your current file and look at all of the uh the cool code that you've already got and it will learn from your code what your coding style is. Uh, so let's say at Moonpig, we've got lots of internal packages. It can kind of figure out by itself how you should interact with those um, custom packages that we've we've rolled out ourselves. That does sound really cool. So not only does it understand your coding style, it understands the things you're working with as well mind-blowing what about um testing does it give does it give anything from that perspective yep so at moonpig we do a lot of tdd so when you uh, start writing your uh unit tests or integration tests uh it will suggest what the test should look like but i obviously i take I take whatever it suggests uh, to you with a, a pinch of salt because sometimes it might be the totally wrong thing. But 60 to 70% of the time, it's usually the right thing. And you can just hit tab and accept those. Um, and once you've wrote your unit tests um, or, or integration tests, once you go into your implementation, like the your actual code to write passing tests, it will suggest code um in your IDE that will try and get the test to pass for you, which is another cool feature that supports a, a TDD workflow. And for those that don't know what TDD is, it's a test-driven development. I was just gonna ask there though, if you've got this thing creating some tests, and then the same thing is creating the code to make the test pass what's testing that is that the human part is that where we come in so the human should be really really digging into the test that it's just wrote for you and you'd want to really eyeball the the assertions and what it's actually doing uh so that's the human part of the test um but as i as i say like the it's really important to carry on writing tests to ensure that your application's code is going to output the right thing. hundred <laughs> percent. I guess, I guess that's the, what, what you're really sort of expressing there is the advantages that it can generate this stuff almost as a boilerplate for you. And then you as the developer can go through and make sure that it's exactly what you wanted it to be um, with tweaks. Yes. 
I guess that's something to highlight as a piece of best practice that comes with um, using an AI coding assistant, same as we would, to be honest, if we we're searching on Stack Overflow, like you said earlier, Richard, you'd always make sure that you're understanding what you're copying and pasting, same with whatever you're prompted with an AI assistant. It's just, I guess, getting used to this um, new feature. Oh, so in terms of um, maybe having bugs in your code, is there a way of getting GitHub Copilot to maybe help you figure out um, what bugs you have? Yeah. Uh, so as well as GitHub Copilot, the extension, there is also a GitHub Copilot Labs extension that you can in install in your IDE. Uh, I know it's available in VS Code, the, this particular extension, and I think it's still in beta, but it basically allows you to highlight a piece of code that you think is buggy. And you can describe what the bug is to GitHub Copilot when you click um, fix bug in, in the sidebar. And then once you've described the bug, it will go away and fix your code. And like, like magic, it, it just fixes your bug. Like uh, Again, that's 70% of the time. It's not always perfect. Yeah, I was just going to ask, has there ever been a time where it doesn't really work and it finds something that maybe, you know, 100% isn't a bug? Uh, yeah, so I've bumped into like a, a handful of times where GitHub Copilot has suggested that it's fixed the bug. Uh, so going back to that number of days since 1980, I think when I first ran that, it got the number of days off by like one. So you, that's when you can highlight it and say, hey, Mr. GitHub Copilot, you're off by one day. Please fix it. And it, it will go away and try and fix it for you. Nice. I kind of want to go take a step back and go back to testing. I wanted to ask you in terms of debugging, let's say you've got a unit test um, and you're not getting the surgeon that you want. Is there a way that GitHub Copilot can help you with your debugging to help you figure out what's wrong with your test or what's wrong with your code? Yeah, um, so with that same GitHub Copilot Labs extension, there is a, um, a button to make your code more debuggable. Um, and what that means is it will split your code up onto more lines so you can, you know, create more places to put breakpoints. Um, so, so we've talked about these AI coding assistants, specifically Copilot, being like having uh, an AI-powered pair, pair programmer with you. One of the things that I feel is a big benefit of pair programming is the conversation, right? So it's it's not just it's not just two people writing code or ping-ponging between tests and implementation. It's the discussion about the best way to approach stuff. Um, sometimes I guess that's something that couldn't couldn't be driven by AI, or maybe you correct me on this, uh, where it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a, about the domain or it's, it's about um, insights that you have as a person within the business. But often it's like, well, you know, how should we structure this piece of data or how should we, you know, what, what, what sort of functions should we have? What should the inputs be, the outputs be? Um, what can we get on, in, in that perspective from uh, an AI coding assistant or co-pilot? Yeah, so the, the GitHub Copilot chat is a really handy feature that, again, that just sits in your sidebar in your IDE. And it's like asking a, a, a pair, like a real person, 
Um, why isn't my function returning the, the value I expect? And then it will go away and answer it perfectly most of the time. And it will, when you ask it a question, it usually all, always comes back with a code suggestion as well. Uh, if you want to fix something, it, it will give you the code for that. It, if you're like new to programming as well, it's really useful for explaining what code does. So you can just copy and paste a snippet of code into the GitHub Copilot chat window and just literally ask it to explain the code to you. And it will like bullet point each part of the code and what, what, it, what it's doing. Uh, which is really useful. Nice. So does that mean then that the Copilot chat also has context of the whole file or multiple files in that Git repo as well? It won't just have context of that small snippet of code. So it's got context of the snippet of code as well as the currently opened tabs in your IDE. It doesn't have context of the entire repo unless you have loads of tabs open yeah i'm definitely one that cannot function when i have multiple tabs open i know you've got two different types of people when it comes to that but yeah i have to close them all instantly i can't think um but yeah i just wanted to go back to the point of obviously as you mentioned it's an extension that you can have in vs code being someone that's in a developer experience team productivity is something that's really important have you found being able to have um, the co-pilot chat right there in the same window, something that's helped with your productivity, seeming as you don't need to go and jump to, I don't know what browser you use, but like Google Chrome or Firefox instead, and then you lose that context. Have you found that that's helped with your productivity? Yeah, I, I'd say for certain that it has massively helped with productivity. Um, I'm spending much less time browsing Google and Stack Overflow for my little problems that I have. And now those little problems are getting uh, solved instantly. Whereas before I would have been spending 10 to 20 minutes on problems, depending on what how big the, the issue is. Um, it's also handy for learning new things. So recently I, within my team, we've been doing more and more things with GitHub Actions, and it's really helped in uh, our migration to those GitHub Actions workflows. Okay, so Jake, I think you mentioned before that with Copilot, it's just an extension in some of your IDEs, like Visual Studio, Rider, VS Code, but how do you actually go about getting it enabled on Let's, I think you mentioned earlier that you've been using it um, for personal projects. So how did you go about getting it enabled um, for your GitHub account? Um, so the way it gets enabled, you can literally go on Google and type in GitHub Copilot, which takes you straight to a, a GitHub page, which says um, sign up for GitHub Copilot. Uh, you put in your card details and bam, You've got you've got GitHub Copilot for ten dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year, depending on how you want to pay for it. Nice. I had a look as well myself, and I think there's also if you already have a GitHub account, you can also just toggle on in your settings. So it looks like it's pretty easy to set up, regardless. Um, 
Yeah, just meant you mentioned the cost before. Would you say that you think um a hundred dollars a year or ten dollars a month is would you say that's worth it? Definitely, yes. It's with the amount of time that it saves, I I I reckon it makes a developer like 20 to 30 percent more productive than they would be without it. It's a bold figure, but I <laughs> it is. I was, I was going to ask, where did you get those stats from? <laughs> Made them up. But... Yeah, that, that's fine. I think it's it's absolutely fine for it to be, um, you know, based on feels. <laughs> that's no problem. Um, so, so that's that's a personal one. What what about um for the enterprise? I could answer this one if you like, as a member of the developer experience team that set it up. I think there is literally just a toggle in the organizational settings where you can enable GitHub Copilot. As Jake mentioned, some of the features like um, chat and the labs are on a beta version. And I think, I don't remember which one, I'm going to need to find out and put it in the comments or something. But for one of them, I think it's on a repo basis. You do, you can't um, opt in for the beta version for all repositories. I think it's on a repo basis. So yeah, I think one of them, it was pretty easy. You just can enable it for the whole organization. Um, but yeah, pretty simple. So, so if I wanted to um, get something like Copilot set up uh, within my organization, um, what what things do I need to know before I get started? So, before you get started with GitHub Copilot, and you let's say you've just installed the extension and you're ready to roll with it, um, you should bear in mind that you should never um, paste any secure credentials into your IDE window. And if you if you do need to use um, secret tokens, you should always use environment variables locally in, in your IDE or some other secure way of fetching tokens that doesn't involve uh, uh, pasting them into your code editor window. Yeah. I mean, this is this is kind of standard stuff anyway, right? Yes. Anything else? Is there any sort of data protection stuff that we have to worry about, or is 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 that not really a concern? Um, I think that. GitHub Copilot doesn't train itself on the the data that is available when it sees your code, your organization's code. It, it's only used locally. That portion of it is only used locally on the user's machine. Right. Okay. So if I'd written some super cool, super secret function, um, and and Copilot had seen it and and worked with me, it's not going to start suggesting that code to to other people outside of our organisation. Yeah, that that's true. Cool. I, I hope. <laughs> so Jake, I know you mentioned that bold figure before around how um you think GitHub Copilot will boost a developer's productivity by around twenty to thirty percent. Um, how do you think, so realistically, how do you think organizations could measure this productivity um, by using these AI coding assistants? Um, do you think there's maybe some sort of metrics that we could gather? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Um, so measuring a developer's productivity has always been a sketchy, hairy subject. Um, when coding was first ever a thing, I, I think, uh, and, and GitHub commits, I think the number of commits and lines wrote used to be a, a way of measuring a, a developer's, pro like how much 
productivity you're getting out of a developer. But uh, we all know that that's not always the right way of measuring how productive a developer is being, because there's a lot of thought that goes into writing code, not just how much code you're outputting. Um, but in terms of how you could measure the productivity increase when using one of these AI tools like uh, GitHub Copilot, um, one of the things that you do much less when you're using it is your web browser. Uh, so you're constantly it more into your IDE than you are into your web browser because you're not constantly searching for, uh, a, a, you're not pasting a stack trace into your URL bar anymore. You're, you can paste that stack trace directly into um, GitHub Copilot chat and instantly get a, a solution. Or you can even get it in line. If, so if you're typing code out and it immediately spots that bug, it will, it will try and suggest a working piece of code rather than a buggy piece of code. So, so it's quite hard to, to put some sort of um, objective metric around the productivity you boost you're getting out of this. But I guess one way you could do it is um, survey the people using it, right? Yes. And I guess... I guess if you you do that and everyone come back and says yes thumbs up it's it's saving me loads of time then maybe that's a good enough answer. Yeah, it it's certainly a, it's not scientific but it, if a lot of people are saying it's a really good tool that it, it's a good indicator, right? Yeah, I think I mean the way I'm seeing it at the moment is it's very similar to something like ReSharper which is a a popular um tool in in the .net community that does a lot of things for you refactoring tools and those sort of things. But it feels like if it feels like that's the same thing, right? How, how do you equate the productivity boost you get from that tool to the cost it has? Um, so, so I kind of see it as the same problem. Um, and I think developer happiness is probably a one, one good way of, of sort of saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's a useful thing for us to have. Definitely. Yes. So we've, we've talked a lot about the, amazing features and all of the cooler things that these code assistants are doing for us. Um, anything you found that it's not so good at? So things it's not so good at when you're writing code, sometimes it doesn't always give you the result you want. Um, and it will suggest something that is just totally wrong. And in those cases, you have to use your own brain or <laughs> You, what you can do is go to the GitHub Copilot chat and talk to that and see if it can give you a better result. Um, so th that's one caveat of using GitHub uh, Copilot. Uh, another thing, it's not, I, I mentioned that um, you can use it for TDD, but it's not super robust in that. Uh, so usually in, in, with TDD, you'd go and write your one test, make your test fail, and go and fix your failing test with the implementation. Uh, GitHub Copilot actually works better if you write all of your failing tests first. Uh, so you kind of lose the cycle of failing test, fix one test, get it to pass. It actually works better if you give it all the failing tests at once and let it write all the implementation in one go. 
which is kind of breaking that TDD cycle. So I'd always strongly suggest like the, the usual cycle of writing the one test at a time and get, getting that test passing. Um, otherwise you're, you're missing, you could be writing the totally wrong thing. You, you're not. And also for your own sanity, it's easier to focus on the one test that you want to get passing rather than, I don't know, you could have like 20 tests in your test suite. It's way too much uh, cognitive overload. Yeah, makes sense. Um, just coming back to that point you said about it can give you something that's very wrong. I guess one downside of that is it's very distracting, right? Because all of a sudden you're looking at this code that doesn't look right. You're probably, if you're anything like me, you're doubting yourself, going, well, that doesn't look right, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then I guess, do you, is there is there a chance that you spend your time trying to fix that rather than cracking on with the work that you were supposed to be doing? Um, I don't think so. Like most of the time, you, if you're an experienced developer, like, you, you only really need to use the tool when you've got a something that you've never used before or a really like hairy bug that you can't instantly see the solution to. Um, but if you're a beginner to coding, I'd, I, I would say it might lead you down the wrong track if you just blindly follow its suggestions. Before we wrap up, Jake, I know you said you've been using GitHub Copilot for the past year. I'm sure that you've collected a good few tips along the way. Could you maybe give our listeners um, a few of your top tips to using GitHub Copilot? Yeah, um, absolutely. So my first top tip is uh, there's a free 30-day trial for GitHub Copilot. So before you go ahead and try to buy it, but please please use up that free trial um, and then you can get started straight away with it in, in your IDE. Um, my first uh, delvings into GitHub Copilot were literally just using it straight away. So code as you normally would and you should see the suggestions popping up straight away. Um, and once you've experimented a lot with it, you you should get used to how it how it responds to you, and what's and the the cool things that it can do, uh, especially the the writing of comments. Um, that that's a really useful one. So the other thing you can do to get more top tips, which is what I did, is go on YouTube and watch some of the top. YouTubers use it like Nick Chapsas. Um, he's got a video called I Let GitHub Copilot Be the po Pilot for My C Sharp Code. And I, it's really worth a, a watch. Um, and also, another top tip for using it is that if you, you're new to a, a language, uh, let's say an infrastructure as code la language like Terraform. Um, it's really useful because you can explain what you want to do in that language and it will write the code for you in that language. But obviously don't, don't take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, you should go and read up on your language's documentation to make sure it's doing the right thing and try to understand the code a bit, but it's really useful in that sense. 
Yeah, cool. Thanks for those tips. Um, we, we'll put a link to that video you mentioned uh, in the sh in the show notes so that um, people can find that one easily. Um, I think we'll leave it there. So thanks for uh, joining us today, Jake. Um, and we'll see you all on the next one. Thank you. Move.